Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Fan Park Live. I'm Terry Flewers, joined by Adam from the 5th Official. That's it, mate. It's over. The Premier League season has ended. It's done. What are we going to do? Watch the FA Cup final. Watch the Champions League final. Watch all the friendlies before the World Cup. Watch England get knocked out of the World Cup. Nah, nah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Don't even put that negativity in there. Football head. is... That's the greatest thing about... The, the, every summer where there's a World Cup or a European Championship, football... It just goes right through. And as soon as the World Cup's done, that your club's going to be in pre-season. Love that. It's amazing. And the transfer window opens on Thursday. So the transfer window opened on the 17th of May this year. This Thursday? Yes, that's the 17th of May. Bruv, this Thursday? This Thursday, yes. So there's so much to look forward to in the footballing spectrum. But the season has come to an end. Some excellent performances from teams today. Some lacklustre ones. It was pure end of season drama. Uh, It really, really was. So... We're going to do a bit of a different show. Obviously, we're not going to review individual games, okay? We're, we're not actually going to talk any of the stuff we've spoken about for the majority of our shows so far this year. So I don't want to hear about Wenger in or Wenger out. I don't want to hear about parking the bus. I don't want to hear about uh, Liverpool's defending or, or anything along those lines. What we're going to talk about is a list of things in the first half of today's show. And Jay in the call room, he's going to be very specific with you when you call. So our number, if you don't know it, is 0203 606 0315. But what me and Adam want to hear from you about is quite simply, we want to hear about who you, who the best player of this season was in your eyes. Mm. You don't have to copy the media and say Mo Salah. You can say Kevin De Bruyne. You can say uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I'll touch on why maybe that can be an option in a moment. Most improved player. The biggest flop, either club or player manager. The best signings and, of course, the most the biggest overachievers as well. People, players... Coaches and clubs that have done things you did not expect. The biggest shocks. That's what we're going to speak about in the opening part of this show. Um, and, and Jay will be taking your calls on those subjects only. But Adam, from your point of view... Yo. A couple of those things there. We'll, we'll do them quite quickly. Who was your, who's been your player of the season? Kevin De Bruyne. Hands down. Kevin De Bruyne. Yep. Okay. I'll, I'll leave that one there. People can ring up and debate why with you on that one. Who's been the most improved player? Who's, who's sort of improved the most over the course of this season for you? Andrew Robertson. Liverpool, left back. Great, sh- great shout there. Who'd been the biggest flop? Either Renato Sanchez. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he is. He's terrible. I don't even know if he's a footballer anymore. That's no, how bad he's, he's been. He's not. Um, best signing. Uh, okay, it's too soon. I want to give it to Aubameyang, but it's way too soon for me to do that. Uh, Why is it too soon? Because I think he didn't have a full season. Uh, people are saying that his start was similar to what Morata did and what mm. Lukaku did. Did you just read that stat to me a minute ago, though? What was the stat? Mate, you might, guys might want to know this. What, that he scored? Oh, yeah, yeah, that he scored more goals than Lukaku and Sanchez combined in 2018. But, the, yeah, the only thing is, it, it's like, it, you never know, it could have fallen away in the second half of the season. Okay. So, it's, I think it's a bit difficult. And also, but, but didn't you say he's the fastest player to get to 10 Premier League goals in Premier League history? 
Didn't you it? say that? I, yeah, yeah, I did. I can't remember if it was Premier League or Arsenal's history. Arsenal one, history. One of the two. It's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And who's been your biggest overachievers? Who who has done something this year you didn't expect to see from them? I'm, I have to give that to Burnley. Have to, because... I, me, I thought they were going to go straight back down. Um, I even think that Sean Dyche has got them playing some decent football. Um, so, yeah, I have to give it to Burnley. Cool. Hello, welcome to, welcome to Fan Park Live. What's your name? Mick. Mick? Yeah. Lovely, Mick. You want to tell us who the signing of the season has been? Go for it. Yes, my signing of the season for me, and I know you is on Artovich from West Ham, because when he... Uh, you know, he's kept them up on his own, basically. That's, okay. That's my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he's done well. Were you disappointed with his start? Because his start in a West Ham shirt wasn't particularly good, was it? Yeah, but think about it. If, if we take one out of this other team, then where would they be right now? They'll be in the championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No goals you'd be, in that You'd be in the championship. Yeah. No, mate, it's a really, it's a really good shout. Um, I assume you're a West Ham fan? No. No? Okay. Okay, fair mate. Like that's that's nice to see a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. of unbiased viewpoints. Any other thoughts on any? Who's been your biggest overachievers of the season? Uh, you mean by team? Yeah, the team or player or manager who who's done something you did it's not expect. Burnley. Can't look beyond Burnley. And I think um, you got to give credit to Chris Hughes, and he doesn't get as much credit as um, he he deserves. Yeah, you know. Brighton have done fantastically well. They really have, mate. Really appreciate your call. Thank you very, very much. And that's the type of calls that we want. Talking about these things here. Let me do, let me do something. So Terry, oh, we'll do this call. We'll do this call. We'll do it after. Hello, welcome to Fan Park Live. What's your name? Noah. Hello, Jeez. Noah. No man like Noah. I haven't seen Noah. Heard from Noah in so long. I know we you. blocked his number for a few. We didn't really. We didn't know. We didn't know. Um, so what is it you've rung to speak about? Yeah, uh, yeah, I just want to speak about this season, really, like, all players, really, and all managers, like, like, like what you were asking to start the show today. Okay, so who is, so who has been your best player? Who's been your standout individual of the Premier League season? Um, there's a few. I think Salah and De Bruyne have to be up there, mm-hmm. um, obviously. Yep. I think Sane also has to be up there. Yep. Um, I'm really, like, struggling to pick one standout player I don't think I could give it to an Arsenal player if I'm going to be completely honest yeah of course you uh, yeah, yeah you can't you that's can't. impossible <laughs> that's impossible because they haven't just done it all season whereas Salah De Bruyne they've done it all season um, yeah if I'm going to pick someone it probably has to be De Bruyne but I wouldn't really want to pick one person why, why, why would you say De Bruyne over Salah because okay De Bruyne hasn't he done it consistently through more than one season. Uh, yeah, but the other, the last two seasons he has had injuries. Or the, sorry, his first two seasons he had injury layoffs, so he hasn't hit the same consistency that he has done this season. But I mean, he hasn't scored the same goals that Salah has. But I, I, I agree with you. The only reason I have to pick uh, Kevin De Bruyne is because I think he rarely makes a bad decision in a game. Like I, I've not seen him like do a series of things wrong in a game his decision making his his playmaking there was one pass he did um where he was like at the byline and it just kind of evaded all it was like it was an outswinging part it was so weird but i just think his technique his application his decision making he's he's a brilliant football player and that's why i have to give it to him over over salah but uh, yeah good good mate Um, go on no one one more point go on 
right. Uh, I just want to mention um, something about Bamiyang and then just really quickly the flop of the season. Yeah, what, what about Bamiyang? Um, yeah, you have to give it, like you have to give him some credit. Like obviously he hasn't done it for a full season, nor has he done it for more than one season. And obviously you have to consider the fact that he's coming to a team, and this team isn't the wasn't the best attacking team in the Premier League by any means whatsoever. Um, Arsenal, I'm on about, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really a team of great great players like he's you could say he's kind of done it for us this season for the, since he's come into Arsenal because he's made the difference when it comes to those clinical times where we need the goal so you think and, he's the best signing sorry so you think he's the best signing of the season in terms of Arsenal or every single club you choose you tell me no obviously he's the best signing of Arsenal of of Season, yeah, mm, yes, I'll go with. Um, but I think what you have to look at is there are strikers that are struggling at the moment. For example, I was going to say that Murat has been the flop of the season. Yeah, Pogba's alongside him, but you know, <laughs> let's just let Murat go. But. Um, I'm just laughing because Terry Terry made a face. Terry the thing is, if, if if you look how bad Morata's been, if you look how bad Renato Sanchez has been, as you, as you yeah, mentioned, yeah. Pogba doesn't come anywhere near that. So it's a nonsense. It really, really is. Mate, appreciate your call, Noah. Thank you very, very much. We're getting on for Cool. So just anyone who... Any, sorry, the whole, the whole Pogba flop thing is just ridiculous. Listen, anyone who's hey. calling up, we're not taking phone calls reviewing individual games today, talking stats. We don't want to hear about people moaning about Wenger, moaning about Jose parking the bus. We're here to talk about the best players, the worst players, the best signings, the overachievers of this season. You've got to ring up with one of those points to talk. Oh, you're not getting through onto the airlines. And on That's that note, it. Terry. Go on, just do me. Who's been your best player of the season? Mo Salah. Okay. So- uh, yeah, Mo Salah just... Uh, He's done so, he's, he's, not just all the goals and his creativity and mm. his brilliance. It's, he's done it in, in some seriously important moments in games to Liverpool. He really has. Love that. Most improved. <sighs> in a, fact, term, most improved at Man United. Okay. Well, I got so, overall in the league, I was going to go Robertson at Liverpool again. I mm-hmm. think that he came in, he struggled to get into the team, and since he's got in, he's just got better and better. At Man United, most improved. I'd go with Ashley Young. He got, okay. he, he's been changed. He got changed in positions. He's done a brilliant job as being a fullback. So yeah. I think it's an improvement in his. He's probably been his best Man United year, and he's been there like eight, nine years or whatever now. Maybe a bit less than that. Actually, maybe yeah. about six, seven years. And yeah, so I'd give it to Ashley Young. And understated as well. Biggest flop. This. Oh wow. Yeah. I I had massive expectations for for Morata at, at Chelsea. So I get your point. Sanchez, Renato Sanchez has probably been the worst performing player and the biggest flop in the mm-hmm. league. However. It's about expectations. I expected Morata. I wanted him at Man United. When Chelsea signed him, I was worried. I was Mm -hmm. concerned. And not only is he not delivered, he just looks... He's like living in a cave. He's just like... He's gone. What does he do? You know you've got that meme of Homer Simpson walking backwards into a bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like he just, as soon as his confidence went, it's just like, all he's done is, I just don't want to be in the limelight. That's it. It's like right now, I think he'd rather be on the bench than in the starting lineup. Yep. That way, if he doesn't come on, he can. He, he doesn't want to show the responsibility of Chelsea yeah. not winning a game. That's I, feel, right. I think he prefers to make me feel. And I think what makes it worse is that he had such a brilliant start. Remember that goal he scored against Stoke? Mm. Where he like, ran through like three defenders. Got a winner against Man United, that's big it. game at Stamford Bridge, and you're like, wow, this guy looks great. And then, that's the thing, a test of a player. And it's, it's why I was so impressed with Man City this year because when they did lose some games or they had some bad results, mm-hmm. they bounced back. 
that bounce back ability. And that's how you, the difference between a, a, a truly world-class player and a talented individual. When the going gets rough, whether it's you get dropped by the manager, you fall out with the coach, that you have a few, three or four bad games, you get dropped, whatever it may be. As a team, you lose a game or you have a couple of bad decisions go against you. If that consumes you and mm. you sulk or you lose your confidence or you, you stop trying so hard or you just... Anything like that, that, that mental weakness is what stops you from being an elite level football player and one of the very best at it. And Marata's been my flop. So on that note, because, as you said, Lukaku has gone through, what, like 10, 10 games, is it, without scoring? Mm. Is that the reason that he wouldn't get best signing for you? Or is, is he a candidate? No, he wouldn't get best signing because because of that reason. But Lukaku came back through the end of that. When he came back through that barren run, not only was he scoring goals again, mm -hmm. he came back and was playing better football. Okay. If you go back, he was holding the ball up better. His interchange was a bit better. And there still needs to be more improvements from Lukaku, so I wouldn't give him best signing. And my biggest overachiever... Burnley. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Fan Park Live. What's your name? Hello, my name's Aaron. Hello, mate. Who do you support? I support Liverpool. Good, good, good. So what is it you've run us to, to speak about? Yeah, um, what you lot are talking about, you know, worst signings. So who, who, signings, who do you give your yeah. best player to this year? Who, what are the two, areas, two or three areas you want to talk about? Okay, um, the best player, I think the, the best signing this season has been um, Ahmed Salah. Okay, yes. I think, yep. you know, hands down by a mile, he's been um, the best signing this year. Definitely coming into the league. Today he broke the record for uh, most goals scored in a, in a whole season, and he's a right winger. A lot of people don't think about. It. He ain't a striker. He ain't out and out striker like Harry Kane is. You know, okay. he plays on on a right wing. How many? I think only Lionel Messi, you know, has you know as a right winger has you know done it consistently. You know, how many right wingers in the world comes come to any league and score you know thirty two goals yeah. in, a, in a single season? Mm. So yeah, for those reasons, I definitely have to give it to Mohamed Salah. And, and, and when we look at the other side of it, so things like the most improved player or sort of the biggest flops, who stand out in those areas for you? Most improved player, I, I have to give it to um, Andrew Robinson, definitely. He, he was relegated with Hull at, at the end yeah. of last season, you know, battered by Harry Kane on the last day. And you've come into this Liverpool squad and, yeah, it's just amazing, you know. It's not... Obviously, he's kept Moreno out of the, of the team, but I ain't really... You know, I think he's that in itself is a good season. thing. <laughs> Sorry? Moreno Sorry? is one one of those liability players. So that's that in itself <laughs> that's it's, that yeah, it's a good achievement because the young man he's been brilliant and it's an interesting <laughs> one because a lot of the, the PFA player of the year awards, they pick them in February. And I always get frustrated by it. I get why, because but, but the season ends, the players all want to go on holiday. They don't want to go to award ceremonies. Mm. But mm. if if those awards were being picked now, I'm sure Robertson would be in the team of the year for Has left back. Have to like, there's not the, the only guy that comes close to being being as good as him this year is is Ashley Young, and he's not been on and he and he's not been on the same page. That's the difference between Robertson and everybody else. I can't even think of another left back I'd even put into contention for it. Nah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So how how, much, of, sorry, how sorry. much of that do you reckon is down to Klopp, though? Yeah, Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp's an amazing manager. And you know what? You know the difference between Klopp and Pep Guardiola is that they're coaches as well. Okay. They can really, like, they take players under their wing and improve players. Like, they, they're, they're good coaches as well. You understand that that's the difference between some managers can just manage, you understand? Mm -hmm. And they rely on their coaching team. But I think Jurgen Klopp, with Jurgen Klopp and Pep, like the you know their their coaches, that's the difference between them and and um, 
other managers, yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of it, a lot of it, is down to Jurgen Klopp, and he he has through the transfers that he's made, the plays he's bought for Liverpool. You know, I think his 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 record is really good in in bringing in play bringing players in and improving them. You know, from so I think yeah, definitely. Mate, really, really, really appreciate your call. We've got some more people to get to, so thank you. Okay, then. All right, mate. Top man. Thank you. Cheers. Good balance to use there. Liverpool, Liverpool players are going to dominate a lot of these debates because they have. They've been very entertaining. They've had some. They've had one thing Liverpool have had that I've been jealous of this year is they've had two or three players that have just been brilliant and consistent all year. Mm. Well, I look at my team, you probably say the same with Arsenal, Chelsea probably fit into this category as well. Where we've had two or three players that have had good two or three month periods yeah, yeah, but yeah. no one that's done it for ten months Yeah, pretty much on and off and that's you know Lukaku started his Man United career as you mentioned and I think it was like ten goals in his first ten games and you're thinking wow this he could go on to do something really special and he's had a great season 30 odd goals in a season yeah. he's brilliant yeah. no denying it and we, we, we you know, always knew Pogba, Pogba started off well the only Man United player two, two that for me have been completely consistent all year has been Nemanja Matic yeah. and, and, and David De Gea but Liverpool have had it from players that are entertaining, and I think that stands out more in your mind. Ah, yeah, I get that. Hello, welcome to Fan Park Live. What's your name? Ty. Ty? Ty. Ty, hello, Ty. What is it you want to speak about today? Um, Just my player of the season. Go on, tell us who that is. Uh, Nemanja Matic. I just think he's an amazing CDM. Who about you, man? Okay, explain. I get he's an amazing central defensive midfielder, but what is it he has done in a Man United shirt this year that makes him your player of the season? Well, just he's just as a Chelsea fan last year, last season he was just absolutely amazing for us, and he's been quite good this season for United. I just think he's quite good at defending, and then when he gets gets to the edge of the goal, he just bangs one in. Which I think is quite good. I yeah. think. I th- sorry, I think it's quite yeah. interesting. Um, I read an article uh, like on Tuesday. Yaya Toure said that the person he hates playing against most is actually Nemanja Matic, which I thought was quite interesting because you know that Toure bullies other midfielders and he he destroys, scores goals, creates all of that stuff. But it's interesting that Matic was the one player that stood out in his mind. So I think you're very right. And in my opinion, he's the one that's stabilised Manchester United's midfield this season. But I don't know if Terry agrees. No, look, I, look, I appreciate like, Chelsea fan phoning up and saying that. It means a lot. It really, really does. I really appreciate the call. And I think what you've said is true. I, I go back to that game, Chelsea versus City. I think it was three seasons ago at the Etihad, around Christmas time, I believe. And Matic had this dominant display against City. Very rarely were their midfield beaten the way they yeah. were and he was brilliant and he is he's had one or two off games every player can have an off game or two of but from the, the first second he, he put on a United shirt this season until yeah, I don't think he played today actually but he's been phenomenal mm. and it's sometimes it's subtleties and nice passing things he does brilliantly for such a big guy as well the drop of the shoulder yeah. uh, he can be in a yeah. tight spot he'll drop a shoulder he'll dummy he'll, he'll, he'll spin out of trouble and he'll keep the ball flowing and for me when I look at my club if we could have next season either the guy next to him in, in a two-man or a three-man midfield if they can all perform to the same consistent level mm. that Matic did if you have a midfield plan like that you have an opportunity of winning titles and major titles and that's where you know 
he set a benchmark this year for Man United players to aspire to get to yeah. next year. And that's those levels of and that's and that's the consistency point again that comes in. It's like I get the, the caller before spoke about how Klopp's great at improving players. Mm. That you can go through every team, whether they've done good or bad, and find consistent players and individuals that have done well. You know, you look at Aubameyang as an example. Yeah. He's done brilliantly and yeah. scored goals. Is that because Wenger's coached that into him? Or is that because he just is at that level? And that's some, so there's, there's always that argument, isn't there? And I get yeah. coaches play a, a massive part, they do. But Alexis Sanchez was brilliant every year in an Arsenal team that most were calling for the managers to be sacked in. It's, you look, and that, but that's what you need. And the difference is this year between the top two or three sides in England is that the, the City are the standout. They've just had three, four, five, six, seven people of that quality stay in that form for a longer period of time. Yeah. And of course, you congratulate the manager on that. But sometimes it comes down to, did you buy well? Did you recruit well? Or have you nurtured them through the academy well? And 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 which is though a part of management? Of course it is, which absolutely. Is. And that's why it's you, you, you take it in there. We've got another call coming through, I believe. Maybe. Yeah, I think we do. No, he's he's gone. Oh, well, yeah, hello, hello. Welcome to Fan Park Live. What's your name? Oh, hello, it's Tony. I rang, I rang a couple of weeks ago. Hello, Tony. When you, uh, yeah, when you played Man United, um, I was just. I'd just like to say I agree with you about Mo Salah. I thought he's been excellent this season. Um, yeah, yep. Yeah. What is it he's done? That's uh, to, what, apart from the goals, we know the goals. What else has he done that's really stood out to you? His, his impact play, his movement on the ball, um, how he tracks players and how he goes around players and everything like that. And he, I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy watching them, to be fair. How about you? Oh, mate, I do you know what? I have this debate a lot about who who's best better, and I, I I tend to steer away from it. It's about who I enjoy watching, and Mo Salah excites me. I like the way he plays. I like his low center of gravity. I love the fact that he he scores tappings, he scores headers, and in, and then he scores absolutely majestic, beautiful goals. He does everything, and he's a phenomenal player. Um, it's so much about him that I like. The biggest, the biggest thing for me now, though, looking at Mo Salah, and we, we, the, the second half of today's show is talking about next season's expectations. I'll set that up, the premise of that up now. I look at Mo Salah, and it's like, right, what are you going to do next year? And it's not, it's not, an, it's not to slag him off. It's not to try and play. This season is amazing, and it'll always stand there in the record books. What I, the, the the argument now around Mo Salah is to prove you are genuine world class. It's about doing that for your second yeah, and your third and your fourth yeah. and fifth. If you go back through the Premier League and you look at Alan Shearer, Thierry Henry, Cristiano Ronaldo, Wait. you throw these names out there of absolute... And he has to be spoke about in that same breath because he's scoring goals on par with those individuals, if not more than some of them. Ian Rush, Ian Rush and Fernando Torres in his pomp, Michael Owen in his pomp. These guys did it year, year after year after year after year. Some had their, their, their kind of top-level careers cut short by injury, but yeah. that's now the expectation for Mo Salah. This season's done, all bar the Champions League final. Well done, congratulating, pat him on the back. Now I'm really eager to see what he does next year. And if he can do it again, then you know you've got a, you've got a £200 million man on your, on your hands there at Liverpool and, and, and fair play to him. Any other sort of individuals that stand out this season, whether it be for overachieving, underachieving, any, anything else like that on your mind, Tony? Oh, it's about the Arsenal players. It, it can or... be... Talk about Arsenal, your club, yeah. Who's, who's, who's really... In an Arsenal season that's been hit and miss, who's really stood out for you in, in, in an Arsenal shirt this year? Right, let me hear. Um, 
there's players coming halfway through the season as um, Martarian from Man United. Um, I think he's I think he's good. He's good on the ball. He can read play. And I think Jose Mourinho, when he was at Man United, um, to be honest with you, I don't think he's he actually watched him properly because I think he's actually a good player. I think he was out of order how he treated Martarian. I think he should have been playing more. To be honest with you. Mike Terrian. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go on. You, I mean, you're. Not, yeah. Have you been, I'll answer that question. But Adam, have you, have you been impressed with Mekatarian at Arsenal? Uh, Mek- yeah. Mek- no, I think. I think, <laughs> I think. Yeah, he was treated badly at Manchester United, um, but I think he had. I remember that Everton game. He came in. I thought this guy is classy, and it's kind of petered out towards the end of the season. And I, I would love to see... He's also wearing a number 77 shirt, which really annoys me. I don't get why he's doing that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what he's going to do next season because um, I don't I don't really think he added much else to our squad. We had a squad full of playmakers. We had a squad full of people that can pass and drop their shoulder and, and do nice little body feints. But our, our attack is, is, is unbalanced because we need genuine wingers of which Mkhitaryan isn't one. Um, I've so, got one another thing to say as well about Murtadale. Well, Murtadale. Um, I heard a lot of things about about the uh, his wage he's got. Do, do you reckon that's way too much for what he's playing like at the moment? Like at the end of the season, listen, the last so couple of games, he hasn't what, been that good at all. What football fans? I, I've been screaming this at football fans now for two years, and 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 I'll do it again now. What a football player is paid to play is not always, with certain individual players, is not always representative of what you should expect from them on the football pitch. And I say that because Ozil, I think, maybe he's definitely in the top three to four, but he is, for instance, one of the most followed um, social media players on social media in the world. Yeah. Okay, He is, he is. He, I think he, he has more followers in, on his personal accounts than Arsenal have in the entirety of theirs. It's huge. So that's just one aspect of it, right? Okay, so he's, he's he's the biggest and most c- celebrated and loved player in Germany, huge country. He's also got the fact that he, he you know, he's he's his religious background attracts a lot of people to him as well. You know, mm. you see when he when he's been on Hajj and he he's gone, uh, uh, he's, he's travelled and stuff. The, the attention he gets from the Muslim community is massive, and that's all and that's all great for him as an individual because it, it makes him extremely marketable. Yeah. Okay, so when you have a very marketable player, regardless of how you play on the football pitch, you demand a higher salary. You you know, you know, just retweeting the club's tweets right down to you advertising a, a sponsor that's involved with a club holds will do a lot more than, say, holding doing it in an Arsenal shirt. <laughs> so Wayne Rooney at Man United, for instance, he was on salary for a while that was on par with Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Not because anybody believed he was on the same level of footballing ability, but because on a marketing level... It's Rooney. He, it was Wayne Rooney, and for, for a number of years, he was on par with them. And it's why Paul Pogba as a midfielder, for me, is no better than Marco Verratti. But Paul Pogba... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
would cost you more because you're paying for a man that's going to generate more money and more income for your business. So yeah. there is a there is there is a commercial and a marketing aspect to a player's salary and their transfer fee, which is often taken out of the context of a discussion yeah. when when, you, when you're comparing players. So I, th- I think it's very important to if if Ozil didn't yeah. use social media, if he was if he was like a Paul Scholes who was not interested in endorsements, he didn't do anything outside of play football, he would be on about hundred grand a week. Because that's all a player with that level of marketability could pull in. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and that's what I yeah. would say to that. So, mate, really do appreciate your call. Thank you very, very much. I, I always talk about the money money in football. It's always something I'm passionate about because people, they don't really understand it. And there's a great article the other day talking about Alexis Sanchez that he gets paid an extra £75,000 per week at Man United like, every time he plays. Mm-hmm. And the article itself said that's on top of his £375,000 a week wages. But then another journalist quoted it, and I can't believe this, it's £75,000 a week appearance fee on top of his reported £600,000 a week salary. And I'm like, that's they're still going with that six hundred grand a week. And I told everyone what that six hundred grand a What's week What's the what, truth? What's Do the, some myth busting right so now. So this is the thing with Alexis Sanchez's salary, okay? His base is around about £350,000 a week. That's a lot okay? of money. And it is a lot of money, no <laughs> doubt about it. But we just spoke about the marketability. Yeah, yeah. What you will then find on top of that is all different types of bonuses. There'll be appearance fees, goal bonuses, yeah. win bonuses. Yeah. Etc. When you hit a certain amount of goals, which he hasn't done in United share, mm-hmm. those those bonuses often accelerate. Yeah. As an example, so what someone has done is they have worked out with the way he's contracted, and they did this as Latan a few years ago. If, for instance, he he reaches twenty goals in a season, mm-hmm. the every goal after twenty goals, he'll get an even higher appear right. a, a, a higher bonus for. So what they've worked out is if he if he was to score a hat trick mm-hmm. after already being on twenty goals that season, yeah play two games or maybe three games in a week yeah. and win all those games, if you added up all those bonuses together in extenuating circumstances, you could make up a salary of 600 grand a week. I see. So what they are able to do is, is they say, oh, he's on 600 grand a week. Well, he's not. That's what, like the maximum he could ever he could earn. earn. And then yeah, he'd have to yeah, have yeah. three games in a week, win them all, scoring them all. There'd have to be so many factors that would make that possible, mm. if that makes sense. And yeah. he's never going to achieve that. Like last year, they, 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 they said they leaked information that Zlatan was on 490 seven thousand pound a week and that was because it was literally also footballers get paid monthly so what can happen is people steal bank statements people see little bits of paper and they add up they think oh because we all talk about weekly wage yeah, 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 but they yeah, don't get yeah, paid yeah, weekly yeah, you get paid yeah, monthly yeah. people can misconstrue it. so there's they're saying there's myths in it i don't know the exact amount is i haven't seen the contract mm. all i know through people that bank him is that he he's definitely not on 600 grand a week as a base <laughs> hello welcome to fan park live what's your name my name is Daniel and I support Chelsea, unfortunately. Boo! Don't say unfortunately. That's no, your say team. unfortunately, that dead team. You, whoa, 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 whoa. You support Arsenal, chill, mate. Chill. So? Come on. <laughs> so? But no, go on. Talk to us. Talk to us. You lost today. Three nah, uh-huh. basically, no, obviously, it's not unfortunate, you know. One team's won a Champions League. Only team in London could do so, you know. Just saying. But um, right now, it's it's peak because my team's basically just called Suffer NFC. We all know what Conte is. His tactics are pragmatic. He doesn't get the best out of his best player, which is Hazard. And it's really just a shambles at the moment. It's a, it's a real shambles. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. So, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, who is the biggest flop this season? Uh, back at Yoko, obviously. I would actually say the Chelsea board were the biggest flop this year. Um, You know what? They are the big flop because they discouraged Conte in the first place but not getting the signings he wanted, mm. a.k.a. players like Alexandro, potentially Sanchez. Another midfield that replaced Matic properly because Bakayoko has not done a but job. They, they also sanctioned. They also sanctioned Matic leaving, but over his head he didn't want him to go. 
to Man yeah, Man Manchester is... United of all people. It's look in all fairness, and... Chelsea have had a bit of a habit of doing that in terms of. I suppose it's from the player's point of view. Mm. It's a nice thing. If you're a player at Chelsea and you know that if you've got a good relationship and you've worked hard, they will allow you to move to the club you want. As a player, that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. But for a manager and the fans, that's an awful policy. But I suppose it's about getting that, 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 that balance. Can I, so let me ask you this question about, about Conte. Like, yeah. Are you... Where do you sit on, on the situation with him? Now, I, I would say get rid of him because it's not working. Not because he's a bad manager, but because yeah. he's fallen out with the board. Yeah. But who do you hold accountable for the... For the uh, the situation Chelsea find themselves in? Um, well, I'm not reactionary. I don't think you can just you can just blame one person for an entire club's fault in a bad season, which is just a bad season. Yep. Um, the board, first and foremost, definitely have to be held accountable because the signings that we made weren't good enough. Getting rid of Costa, at the time, it was debatable if we should do so. Once you got Maratu in, that was never the case. He was never a first starting choice striker for Real Madrid or Juventus. He was never going to replace him. Oh, Bakayoko for Matic. He was awful in the Champions League semi-final against Juventus. Why anyone thought he was actually going to be able to replace Matic, I do not know. And Rudiger has been okay, but as I said, they were, they, they, um, in the first place, the recruitment just not, not was not good enough. Mm. Conte losing almost his belief in the team and wanting to actually make us progress as a team, especially from January onwards, has been shocking. That's what led to us actually falling back in the table because at our point, we were level with you guys, Man United, yep. in second, third place. And we should have been maybe pushing towards being near a title race, well, no one was going to ever be in a title Man City. They've been, they've been amazing this season. Well done yeah. to them. But the fact that we've then regressed so badly, had those poor performances against Watford, Bournemouth, I don't want to go through the rest of them because I'm getting pissed off thinking about them. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's been a shambles and the Conte definitely has to hold a lot of blame for it because our squad is definitely better than what it should be and what it's showing because yeah. the performance I was saying this earlier I, I go through the Chelsea squad now and there's still quite a few of your players I would put into Man United's my club Man United's first team like for instance as, as an example um, you said Hazard Hazard Aspilicueta would both get into Man United's starting lineup. Conte uh, Kante would get into Man United's start. I mean absolute guarantee those three players would yeah. get into yeah. the team and then there's a few like Fabregas you said Fa- Fabregas I would take at Manchester United like you've got some really good players if that makes sense then yeah. then you start getting to players that are on par mm. if, if that makes sense I actually think uh, Alonso as a left back he would improve Man United we don't have a left back we have a, an old winger that we, oh, we that we play there. not a left back yeah, but he's done well, but he's not but he's in the left back. He's a repurposed wing. Yeah, exactly. He's he's like he just it's a bodge job, do you know what I mean? It's like we're just gonna yeah. re, do you know what I mean? One of those you know when you buy like a computer that's let's say refurbished. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a he's a refurbished <laughs> computer. And he's just parking it off as new. So Chelsea have got some very good players, top class players, and, and I think what you've put out with Conte, I feel sorry for Conte and I would dish, I feel but he let it go too far in terms of and this is the interesting thing with managers when they tell the truth. And we've seen that a lot with Conte, and we've seen it with Jose at Man United. When the truth is spoken, yeah. it can actually be more of a hindrance. Mm. If he was that, he he probably shouldn't have gone so public with. He was it was very obvious what he said without even saying the words. I for us to now challenge on two fronts, mm. I need to improve things because this squad isn't good enough. We we kind of got through with good tactics last year. Now we really need to push on. And I think some of the players at Chelsea took exception to that. Like he's got so upset about not getting his new signings. And, and the players we brought in, that's going to have a negative effect on those individuals because football is a softer now than they've ever been. Fan bases are, are much, they're, they're melting snowflakes everywhere. They don't like the truth. Does that make sense? Like, it upsets everybody. And I think Conte was too honest and then he sulked for too long. And as you say, the, the, the early 2018 form was just, it was abysmal. But it really, I'm not trying to rub no, something to the wind. Yeah, it's frustrating really because the irony is 
two or three decent signings and uh, Allegri coming in as an example in the su- in, in the summer, you you could win the league again next year. Like you've done that twice yeah. in, in yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. they're that good a squad. It's like I, that's why I don't accept like the, the the players. That's why the players' behavior annoys me as well at your club because I think they're so much better than they're demonstrating. Some of those individuals out there. I was going. No, one hundred percent. I agree. Um, if I'll just to cry in as well. Um, I I'm as much as I feel really annoyed about this season as a whole because I don't think we're going to win the FA Cup. Because again, part of what I don't like about Conte is even if we go a goal up. We're going to just sit back, invite pressure on. United are actually good when the team just lets them invite pressure onto them. Pogba gets to the final third. And it's going to be a wrap, as we saw against Tottenham. Um, but for next season, I'm actually looking forward to it because I believe we are more than likely going to get sorry or Jardim. People are going to actually want to play football. I'm going to say that again. Play football. <laughs> Bloody hell, Conte. Oh my God, he's done what he's done to me this season. Anyways, play actual football and let players like Hazard off the leash. Players actually get forward. People can actually support this guy because... Right now we're playing football where it's literally get the ball to Hazard and let him run up the field. Yeah. Whereas with Salah at Liverpool, he's literally staying in the final third, creating chances for himself, scoring goals. Whereas Hazard, he needs to take the entire team up, maybe 40 yards up the field, and Liverpool, he can actually maybe get a chance for himself because people don't realise he's actually a very clinical finisher. It was a period of maybe during the Christmas period where he scored, I think, maybe eight goals from that 12 shots on target, which is actually a really good record. So mm. For me, Conte's has not got the best out of the players. He's done really good in the first season. I do credit him for that, especially also for getting Kante. He's going to be maybe the best midfielder in the Premier League over the next five, six, seven years, in my opinion. And um, cool. yeah, I wish him all the best in the future, but it's got to be sorry or jar him in next season. And for the FA Cup final, I don't want to rate Man United. Um, I really don't, but... Going to be a tough one for us Do you know that's actually become my most favourite thing this year, mate? Really appreciate your call. Thank you very, very much. My, my, my favourite thing has become I don't rate Man United, but th- th- just that word "but" at the end. It's like no one rates us, but we're second. No one rates us, but we're in FA Cup final. Yeah, no, yeah, like yeah. none of the top four rate. Like yeah. literally, I would say if you went through most professional pundits, most fans out there, we're we're the most hated and like oh, they're the, we're the worst top six side, but we're. Other than City, we're better. We've been better than the rest in terms of results, and I, I've kind of grown to love that this year because I kind of felt like the one-man team batting away the criticism all year. Yeah. Um, we're going to move the show on now, though. So no more talk about what we've been speaking about. We're going to move on now to next season's expectation. We are talk. We're going to talk top six. We're going to run through that pretty quickly. We'll take a couple of phone calls on it. Jay is going to take your phone calls on that now. He'll save them. We're going to be a few minutes before we put you on the air. Um, but remember, before we do that, please download the One Football app. Massively important to us, title sponsors of Fan Park Live. Information for that is in the description below. Aside from that, next week, so a little bit of an announcement here. We haven't really gone overly public with this yet, but at 10 p.m. every night, Monday to Friday, for the next three weeks, we will be, so I'm doing a few, quite a few of the shows, so Adam and Chris will be in on them as well. We are hosting Fan Park Live head-to-head. That's that's in association with history, Okay. You've seen history, they're on Sky, they're on cable, all over America. Huge television channel history working alongside us for live head-to-head debate shows. Formerly called History Channel, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, but But, they're now called History. It's just History. Just History. Okay, so we're working with them. Big, amazing for us. We're working with one of the biggest TV channels in America, one of the biggest biggest, um, cable and satellite channels in the world. That's amazing for us to be working with History. But tomorrow night's show is the first one at 10 p.m. Okay, it's the debate between who is the best between Alan Shearer and Thierry Henry. We'll be covering many, many subjects: Totti versus Ryan Giggs, 
Brazil Brazil versus Italy in the World Cup. The Invincibles versus Man United's treble winning side. So there are lots of these debates happening every single night. People have already sent us in their videos. We've got studio guests ranging from Claude. We've got DT coming in. We've got some of the boy. We've got some of the guys from the football banter show. Louis from 100% Chelsea. Some great guests coming in. Many many more people as well. Um, hopefully getting Mr. Mark Goldbridge involved with it as well, which will be amazing to get his uh, views on some of these subject matters. So 10 p.m. Like clockwork every night, Monday to Friday for the next three weeks, we'll be live with Fan Park Live head to head. And that's ahead of the World Cup as well, because the World Cup, we're doing Fan Park Live for every single game. Every damn game. Every game. Saudi Arabia versus Egypt. We're there. That's my one. We're there. That's the one. We're doing all of those games as well. So yeah, big things coming up. We're going to move this show on now to next season's expectations. And I'm going to go to you first, Adam, with this. because yeah. And we'll run through these. We'll do, you know, 20, 30 seconds on each one. Champions Man City, we'll start with them. What's your expectations for them? To, how, how are they going to progress this team next year? What's, what's the expectations for them as a club? Uh, I think it, there's still some rebuilding to do. Fernandinho is 33. David Silva's 32, 33. Um, so those two were central tenets of the success of yep. this season uh, I've already seen that they're willing to pay £50 million for Jorginho from Napoli so I would imagine he's going to replace Fernandinho and I think it's just a matter of getting uh, the same amount of strength in depth that they have at the back for the rest of the squad so for instance if Sterling gets injured and Sane were to get in injured um, Bernardo Silva could cover on one wing but who would go on the, the, yeah. the other uh, so I think yeah it's just a matter of, of having two players and I can't believe that they have the money to even do this but two players um, of decent standard in every position and they're going to go clear mm. I think with City for me I think everything you stands right they've got to do some stuff in the transfer market but my expectations of what they need to achieve as a minimum is Retain the Premier League title. Back-to-back -back titles for a team that good is what they need to be considered a, a, a great side. If oh, that yeah. makes sense. Back-to-back -back titles. No one's done it for a decade. So that's one expectation. And the next is, I'm not saying win the Champions League, but they've got to progress to the finals. I was actually going to ask to the that. Because you were saying that they like Pep's been brought in because he, win the, he should look, win the Champions so League. So Mancini and Pellegrini had won domestic titles and then won Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd already done that. So it isn't to say they don't want to keep winning those, but the idea is like, we didn't want them, with the money they're spending yeah. and the ambition of the owners, the idea is to become champions of Europe as well. Okay. So, and Pep, you think that, Pep, so he needs to win it, not just challenge in the semis. Yeah, or, and or I'm not saying like he's got to win it within his first three years. I think he wants to be at the club longer. So I would say next year, my expectations are this City side that I think are the, are the when they're on form of the best team in the world, I would expect the final of the Champions League and winning the Premier League as a minimum expectation. Uh, that's what I would set him. But I love your views and points on that on calls. Let's move on now to... Talk to me about United. Okay, we'll talk about we'll talk talk United. We'll talk about United. For me, my expectations are very simple. I've done a video on this already. I expect to... I want the football to improve. Okay. And I'm not talking... And I've said this to a lot of United fans. I don't expect it to look like Klopp's or Pep's. Okay? okay. Don't put a call through yet. One sec, mate. I don't expect the, the, the football to improve. I want it to get better... All right. Be a little bit more entertaining. Mm -hmm. I want to score more goals, concede less. Yeah. That's one expectation. The next start, I want us to put together a good title challenge. Okay. okay. And I mean, with two to three games to go in the Premier League, I want us to be able to mathematically still win it. 19 points away now. Okay. We need to we need to gain that back. That's and, lot, and it is a lot, but that's my expectations of Jose next year. So better football and to do that. If he does that, mm -hmm. I'm happy to sacrifice not winning a trophy next year by being in that title race. I'm happy with that level of progression because the word progression is so key. I also want to progress further in the Champions League and I expect at least a solid performance in a quarter-final. 
And I, I would, as, as the third season, coming back from everything where we're at, plus how good everybody else in Europe is and how good City are, mm. that's the expectation I would set. Of course, I don't want to go out in the third round of the FA Cup and the third round yeah, of the League yeah, Cup. Yeah. You want to go far. But if you're pushing City, who I think will win the league, right until the, the, the last few games and the football's got better, mm. I'm happy with that direction Man United are going in. Okay. So I, I would accept that and be happy. However, if we end up, if we finish the season with less points, if we finish the season with no trophies, if the football goes backwards, if we don't move on from where we are now, mm. will I call for Jose's head? Potentially. Depends how bad it is. But for me, all I keep asking for, and I'll stay consistent, is I want progression. I want us to keep moving forward. Yeah. And until we reach the absolute pinnacle, and then all you can ask for is consistency, you just want to keep seeing your team move forward. And that's all I want. And so, so you're not Mourinho out? No. Nowhere near. What do you think of the people that are Mourinho? I think they're being naive because, yes, you could... You could look, look at the teams at the bottom that have sacked managers. Some sack people and it saved them. Others sack people and it made no difference or they sacked them too late. Or, 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 or look, look at Swansea. They were down there. They bring someone in. They look like they're going to improve. They end up going out That's down it. anyway. Get so they spent all that money mm. in, in, in the January transfer window. Spent all that money sacking a manager. All that money bringing a new guy in yep. for nothing. So you can, ne you can never tell. For me, you get rid of Jose, it might get better. You get rid of Jose, we might go back two years again and start yeah. all over again from the same position. I'm not willing to take that risk. No. That's my view on him. There's, there's many more multifaceted bits. We've got a call coming through, though. Hope it's about expectations. It's not, they've gone. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Fan Park Live. What's your name? Bless you, Adam. What's happening? I'm Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Who do you Jamie. support, mate? What's happening? Uh, yeah, all good, bruv. What team do you support? Arsenal. Good, good. So we're going to move on to Arsenal next anyway. So what's your expectations for Arsenal next year with their new manager? First of all, I want like, a top quality manager. I'm not interested in Arteta or... <laughs> no offence to Vieira, he's a legend. I love him, but he ain't got the experience. Yeah, so that's first of all, like, I'd like someone like Allegri. I think that's happening or apparently supposed to be happening, but I don't know. But, um, Keep praying, bro. Second... Secondly, I'd like I'd like us to sort out our defence. That's that's the top priority because our, our defender has been abysmal for a few years now, not just this season. That's true. Yeah, you're right. And the thing is, Koscielny, he's coming back from a, a serious injury. So our best defender currently, who, I mean, has been on the wing for quite a few seasons, he's even out. So that means if we, don't, if we weren't to buy anybody, we've got what? Chambers and and Holding or Mustafi and Holding as our first choice centre back. Like, do you know? Oh, what I mean? That's, don't get me started on Mustafi. Mustafi's been abysmal. Yeah. Like, I I want him gone to be honest. But Kashoni, I feel a bit sorry for him because he's been playing with this Achilles injury all season and he's he's got a lot of stick for his performances. But oh. I respect him for for carrying on when we've like, needed him, even though he hasn't been great. But a lot, a lot of times, Arsenal players get criticised for their for their attitude, and I think I feel a bit sorry for him. So, what do you? But, sorry, sorry. What? So, the new manager is going to come in. Let's say we get Allegri. What is the minimum expectation next season? Personally, I want top four minimum. If we're not, if we're not in the top four, then ah. Uh, I was gonna say I want to change the manager, but I guess I guess it depends on how tight the league is, but, but, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think and, and other things. Yeah, I, look, I've I've spoke about Arsenal. I did a standalone video on it already, and I look, I set what I think the expectation should be, just for my own opinions. And for me, first and foremost, I think it's about things like not slowing down the volume. There'll always be every team every season will concede a weak goal or two. It's going to happen, but it's about slowing down the volume of weak goals that, that you concede. 
I think for Arsenal, it's about performing better uh, more consistently in the in the the big games against your rival top six clubs. I think they're like sort of individual battles that that, yeah. that, that would improve the mood yeah. of Arsenal. And then it's yeah. what you've got to look at is how far away you are over the last two years from a top four position. I mean, I haven't even looked at the league table um, today, but if you look right now, no, no it's, 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 not, cry, no, I haven't even looked at it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at it now. I'm going to look at it now just because I want to get my my information right. It's not it's not to make you feel bad. So you're in six. You're, so you're 13 points. Sorry, 12 points off of a top four position. So if you you could next season conceivably you could gain 15 more points in the Premier League, which is a, a, a legitimate improvement. The issue is is that Liverpool, Spurs, Man United, and City could all gain an extra three or four points each, and you'd still be outside the top four. So I think saying like. I get you want, of course, you want to be in it. You'll set the expectation, yeah. but you've got to judge the manager based on he can only improve Arsenal so far in his first year. Mm. And what you might find, you might get a bit of luck. You might have a situation like this year. One lucky thing for everyone in the Premier League is that Chelsea became so poor. They went from being they're twenty points worse off this year than last year. Yeah. And some of that's because their rivals have beaten them, but a lot of that is because they've just not been as good. So you might find that Liverpool or Man United or Chelsea or a couple of them have really bad seasons, and that will open up a door. But if they don't, and they're better, and, and, and they're uh, they're at this season's level, I think to expect the new manager suddenly to make Arsenal jump straight back into that top four, it might just be again. I, I say this because if everybody sets expectations that are too high, mm. you could find people turning on the new manager too quickly, and and that could be catastrophic. Definitely. I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, if we had won what four or five of our away games in 2018, huh? or even the whole season. We'd be up there, and that's, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's too much to ask, True. man. That's uh, for Arsenal Football Club. Anyway, I, I feel like part of our problem is that we've just been too accepting of this mediocrity. I, I think, I mean, people slam Chelsea for the, for their for their uh, philosophy on appointing managers, but if you look at the record of trophies won in what is it, twenty years? I don't think you can't go wrong. I mean, yeah. after Arsene Wenger... Yeah, I think... Chel Chel got, yeah, sorry, go on. After, after Arsene Wenger's gone, I don't think I'm going to have any allegiance to any to any manager again, to be honest. I don't think that's how modern football is. So, Do, do you know what's interesting? Uh, it's about if it's not working, I'm willing to change. It's about the setup and about the players and about the ethos. I think Chelsea's culture is used to having a conveyor belt of managers. Yeah. The, the, when you're there as a player, I don't think it bothers anybody. I think when Man United have struggled with it, is that you had this... It's, they're not there They're not there anymore, most of those players. Carrick is... De Gea, I suppose. But, well, there's still a few, actually. Young and, and Valencia. All these, A lot of players that are still at Man United were used to having one guy. Mm. The club would run a certain way. And then suddenly, over the space of four years, there was three different regimes. Three, yeah. And where Chelsea remains different is that the manager only comes in and coaches the first team. So it's easy. Yeah. The issue is, it's about clubs getting their setup right. And what I mean by that is, if you want a model like that, where you where you can sack a manager every eighteen months, two years, the manager's only job is to coach the team that's there. That manager can't, for me, pick who's being signed, can't pick who gets sold, can't have any input on the academy because otherwise you're changing the structure of the club every eighteen months, yeah, which yeah, doesn't yeah. make it conducive. And if you, for me, it's a case of you either want a head coach. Or you want a manager. If you have a manager, you have to give them time. And, you know, I think Man United have, have, have proven that. Like, you just think, Moyes overhauled everything. Didn't work. So we get brought in LVG that overhauled everything. Didn't work. Jose's come in and overhauled things. It's got better. Yeah. But the problem, that's my problem with sacking Jose now. That people, it's, you could bring in a whole new regime. 
And it could go backwards five steps. You never know. It, it could it could turn us into Barcelona. It won't, but it could, uh, listening to them. I just think it's one of those things, mate. But it, it'll be an interesting year for Arsenal. Really do appreciate your call. Thank you very, very much as ever. We'll touch really quickly on the others. Chelsea expectations? Uh, unfortunately, they'll get a decent manager who will sort out their squad and they will probably get back into the top four, which is why I wanted to ask Jamie who he thinks will fall out if Arsenal get back in. Because... But Spurs will definitely fall out, but I don't know who the other club will be. So I see my expectations of Spurs are I I think if they sort their bloody mentality out, they won't. They won't. If they they have to because my videos are change these three things and based on those three changes, this will be your expectations. That's okay. the idea. If they sort out their mentality, I expect this Spurs side. Spurs have got so many good players. I expect a title challenge. <laughs> I know that's but this is the point. I'm not weak. My, do you know what it is? You're thinking. If I think like a Spurs fan, okay, I've got two mates that are Spurs fans. One of them's like, we can do that if we sort our mind out. The others are just like, oh, well, we're kind of happy just to be involved. Of course. And are. that's the problem. If they're happy just to be involved, they're going to fall out of the top four. They're going to lose their best players. They're not going to change the wage cap. Oh. Chelsea, I expect them to be solidly back in the top four next year and, yeah. winning, and winning a trophy. That should be their expectations. Billionaire owner club. They've got top to world-class talent already there. Mm. They're going to go out and spend. Chelsea are going to go big this summer. They need to deliver. Liverpool. Champions League finalists. I, I'm in two minds with Liverpool. I, exactly. I've I, in my other video, I'll put, I'll put it out there. I said I, they need. If they're as good as Liverpool fans keep saying they are, they've got Naby Keita coming in. Ooh. They're linked with Nabil Fakir. Yeah. They're linked with Dembele, either on loan or buying him. I think they're going to buy three or four big players. <laughs> they're spending sixty million pound on 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 Naby Keita, who, who yeah. already paid for. Yeah, 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 Sixty-five yeah. million on um, Nabil Fakir. For me, if they bring in those players and they don't lose anyone, bro. if they're not challenging for the Premier League, it's, they're, they're not meeting expectations. It's true. Because it's they're true. in the Champions League final. They have to. They keep saying that the only reason that United are in front of them in, in second is because they've taken their eye off of it. Yeah. If you're saying those two things, you have to challenge for the Premier League next Which year. Which is why it's a bit of a problem. I can, I can kind of see a bit of regression next season. But I can see that happening as well. And we said this earlier. And it's, again, Liverpool fans are going to get so triggered by this. And I don't want you to. I'm not attacking Trigger the club. Trigger them, Terry, man. Trigger them, If bro. Mo Salah... He's having. He's still a really good player and scores twenty five goals next year, but isn't quite banging in forty plus. Are, Will, are you going to get Champions League finals again? Are you going to be this high up in the league? You don't know how Naby Keita and, and, and anyone else coming in is going to do. There is that question. I'd love to hear your answers on it. Leave that in the comments below. But for my expectations of Liverpool next year, challenging in the same way as Man United, mm. two or three games to go. You need to be you need to be mathematically mathematically within the chance of winning the league. Otherwise, I think it's an underachievement. And regardless of what okay, regardless of what happens, if you don't, you need to win a trophy as well. And that's whether you win the Champions League or not, because they keep telling me they're that good a team, and they are going to strengthen you and add strength to their depth. Mm. And I, I take on board. They say we can't challenge on two fronts because we're too weak a squad. Well, well the best teams do. Well, this is the point. If you want to, be, and I made this. What I'm really, really proud of when it comes to Liverpool. I say proud of it. It's probably the wrong word. What I'm really impressed with when it comes to Liverpool is that they've done it under in the summer, January, and they're doing it again. They're spending money like a big club. Yeah. And they've got less money than Arsenal. I will add. They're going out there and they're spending the 50, 60, 70 million pounds now on players. And rather than buying, bringing in four, five, six, seven, they just need to bring in two or three every tra every summer transfer yeah. window now because they will lose people. Quality Everybody does. But well. you're talking quality that can come in, that can fit into that Jurgen Klopp mould. Yeah. But I, for me, so that's what I put it. Man United and Liverpool need to and Spurs. All need to be challenging for the title next year, mm. and then it's Arsenal and Chelsea are battling out to push one, one or if not two of those sides out. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I, again, it's one of those things for me. If, if Arsenal finish sixth again next year, 
that may not necessarily be a bad season because I think cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. No, 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 I say canceled. that. No, 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 I say that because. I, th- I said it last year, but City went on this run that was just beyond anything we expected. There's going to come a point in the next few years where there's a season where first and sixth are only separated by 10, 11 points. Yeah. And finishing sixth won't be a bad achievement in terms of it's, everyone's going to be that close. But you could see, you could actually get to a point where, where Chelsea finished sixth one year, third the next, win it, and then finish fourth again. But there ain't a great deal. With the, that's how close yeah, I think all yeah, these yeah. teams are going to become. But only if Spurs sort out their mentality, only if Arsenal start to spend big, only if Chelsea give the managers what they want, mm. and if and if Jose stays at Man United. <laughs> For a many massive, but... <laughs> um, let everyone know where they can find you. We're wrapping the show up. Uh, the Fifth Official on YouTube and at TFL Show on Twitter. Yeah, check us out. We're doing a show today, actually. So, yeah, make sure you check us cool. out. Cool. Did you say we've got a video, Jay? Oh, there's, oh wow. there's, we've got a trailer video wow. all about Wenger leaving. We're going to play that for you. We can play it now. The full video is available in the Ultimate Football Fan app. So you can download that. You can only get it on the app. The information for that is in the description below. So get the, the Ultimate Football Fan app downloaded. Trailer's coming up for you right now. Arsene Wenger is leaving Arsenal Football Club. And I didn't know about Arsene until David Fomey one day said, look, we're going to appoint Arsene Wenger. This guy went a season unbeaten here. Actually, couldn't believe I cried today. Had enough of this shit, fam. I've had enough blood. Brought to you by the ultimate football fan. I see, I see a bit of, I see Ross Dad there. Yeah, super agent. There he is. Um, tune in for it because it'll be. Look, I, I think it'll be an interesting one to watch. A nice little documentary on, you know, from from an Arsenal fan's point of view. Now that the the, the man himself has left, they done. Just we didn't really speak about that today. We didn't need to. But Arsene Wenger is. I should have put him in my flop of the season. But I thought I'd be. Ah oh, no. <laughs> no. He's had enough stick. Yeah. Well, he, is, do you know what is? I I'll just never have to talk about him again now. No. Done. Well, you will. My, my job is done. I'm removing my endorsement of the hashtag burn down the Emirates. That's now finished. Venga out hashtags are gone. Oh, wow. But do you know what's going to happen next year? Do you know what's going to happen? What's you know, like, see, I told you it's all going to go full circle, right? You're going to get Ty, he's going to hate the new manager. No. And then you're going to get DT and troops that are going to be like the, Ty, the, the new Ty's. Ty's the new a manager. real man. Ty will never do that. I promise you. No, but you know what? It's no, no he, he won't. But what you'll get next season, which could be if the new manager doesn't start well, you, you'll get that. Listen, we're not we're not putting that in the in the in the air. The Arsenal manager will do well and he'll get us back into the Champions League. End of <laughs> next season. There we go. Listen, thank you all for tuning in. Download the One Football app. Take care. God bless. See you tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Fan Park Live. What's the what's the thing? What's the topic? Topic: Thierry Henry versus Alan Shearer. Yeah. DT's in the studio. Bang. I think Chris is in the studio. Yep. Chris Kane, that is, and myself, I'm hosting. See you then. Take care. God bless. Hi, welcome along to a brand new show called Completely Cooked. Mr. DT. I'm making a sausage of man. We're cooking a ham roll. Listen, troops. The man got dead Richmond. What do you know about Richmond sausages, <laughs> man? The winner will win the Golden Spoon Awards. Man, I'm making sausage of mash. Am I a prick? You can tell I'm not used to what those look like by how many kids I've got. I definitely don't want to eat now. Red stripe beer to drink his sorrows away, and then he can wipe his tears, you get me? Robbie, what are those thoughts you've got about me? If you're a cookery man, yeah, everyone knows brown rice is the longest rice to make. Man, are telling me I've got two hours to make jerk lamb and rice. Right. This brother is making pie and mash. Look, he's crying. <laughs> you got a lot of talk, yeah?
Go and get your ingredients. He's got a lot of help. Go and get your ingredients, yeah? The loser is going to have to wear a full kit to the Emirates. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.